0: All right, welcome back to our Tri-State Trends podcast. And, boy, are we in for a treat today. We've got the most valuable player of Family First Life Tri-State, Robert Richmond, also known as Rob Richmond, also known as Richie Rich, who is just a stud in everything that he does. And you don't become the most valuable player because you show up. That's just not how it works. Um you become the most valuable player because of decisions that you make that allow you to be leaned upon and looked upon as a leader of leaders. And Rob, 2023 looked like that for me from a vantage point to you. And there's a lot of things you did in that year and this year that, that you changed. So it was an honor to bestow that award upon you. But it was even better to watch You become this kind of beast inside of a beast that already was like you shed your your skin and became a bigger beast than than the guy you already were. Can you detail us for us what type of year maybe you didn't even plan it like this, but it just kept evolving and it was like no stopping it. I want to hear about I think the people will grow.
1: Yeah. So as always, thank you for having me. Uh, it's always humbling to hear you introduce me and, and I appreciate that. One thing that I, that I want to, I want to talk about before we jump into some, some of the progression, the transformation, if you will, was you said, so you don't get MVP just by showing up. And I think I thought that was the case after that first year, I, I thought I just like continue to get awards doing the same thing that I had done, not getting any better uh, staying the same, whether that's performing at a high level or, or not, um, you can't get recognized for things you've already been recognized for. Mm. And the negative connotation that comes with the statement I'm about to say, like, whatever, that's whoever thinks this is negative. Like they don't know how to win. It's like, what have you done for me lately? And people think that's really, that's like harsh, but Mm. it's true. Like, okay, you did that yesterday. Like, you, you don't praise me for what I did yesterday. Praise me for what I did today. So what have you done for me lately? I I say that to my guys a lot, and some of them take it personally. Some of them take it and say, you know what? You're right, and I need to do better. Uh, I think that for four years after that – three and a half years after that first year that I was at FFL, I wanted to continue to get recognized for things that I had already accomplished, and it put me in a really bad headspace of – complacency of resentment of uh feeling like well i've i've already done this <laughs> or that like isn't that enough and i think i just like i just i i put a negative spin on a lot of stuff that didn't need to be negative um and i wallowed in that and i think anybody that gets into that kind of headspace is dangerous and then they can't hit the potential that they can otherwise hit Um, potential is a nasty word. It just means you haven't done what you're capable of doing yet. So some people think potential is good. I think that's, that's being called worse than a loser. You've got potential. You got potential. Okay. Well, freaking do something with that potential or quit because watching somebody with potential is the most frustrating thing in the world. So leading it. So that's a, so that's the little preamble to, to this. So, in, in January, I I had gotten to a place mentally that was weird and physically that was weird. Um, when I When I came to FFL, I was in really good shape, super sharp. And over four years of working at FFL, it felt like 50 years <laughs> of just brutal punishment of physical, mental stressors that I was not used to. When I want it, and the only reason I wasn't used to them is because I was very okay with growing as long as I grew ten percent or five percent or I did a little bit better than I did last year, like I was good with that. That's what most companies are looking for, is just a little bit of incremental growth every year. But FFL wants more than that and they demand more than that, especially if you're gunning for greatness and you want to achieve things like integrity partnership or make seven figures or change a lot of lives, recruit a big team, bring people into this. You can't just like get a little better. And I think I was really pissed about that for a while is that I came in, made a splash, wrote a bunch of business, recruited a bunch of people. Um, and then like, then I like stopped doing those things. And I, I didn't really ever go backwards, but it wasn't exciting anymore. And that, and, and, and what happens when, when you're making a lot of money, it's like you, tend to convince yourself that like, that's fine. Like you don't need to do anymore. And you get to this place where it's like, well, if people are telling me I need to do more. It's because they're selfish or it's because they're, they're like, nothing's ever enough or like whatever it is. You convince yourself a whole bunch of stupid stuff all the time. Um, so this year I was just like, I'm going to do this. Here's one of the things that I've recognized over the years. And this may be unique to me. This may resonate with some people is that if I'm changing for somebody else, it doesn't last that long. You can get burnt out from it. You can, you can, you can resent it. You can withdraw from it. You can just, you can hide from it and then you can get angry at it. But if you make a decision to change for yourself, because you want to do something different for yourself, that motivated me a lot more than it ever did to, to motivate Mark, you, Sean, whoever, whatever is asking me to do different things, not even out of place or out of their role or out of like very appropriately asking me to do some things, but it, it's like hard to do. But if I said, you know, what, like Rob, this is your year where you're going to put yourself in a position to epically fail or epically succeed. One of the two is going to happen because I would always rather and my guys that watch this are going to laugh. when I say this, death by a thousand cuts doesn't work for me. I'd rather shoot you in the face. (laughs) So I would rather have it work really well or fail miserably, but quick and to do some things that like put you in a position that could totally invalidate your leadership. So for me, that was learning phone sales professionally. And then personally it was to do something physically challenging enough uh, to put me in a position of extreme uncomfortability. So 75 hard is a hard thing to do. It's like it gets thrown around like people actually do it, but like they don't, they cheat their way through it. And they just, even though the whole deal is no compromise, no negotiation, they cheat and compromise and negotiate their way through it, which makes me not respect those people. Because if you actually do it the right way, it's like unbelievably life-changing and eye opening and empowering and inspiring to understand that you can get control over your life fully and you can accomplish things. That would otherwise not be able to be accomplished with the lack of discipline that you had in your life previous to that. That was a big breath. Let yeah. me breathe for a second because that <laughs> that was that was a lot. So I did that, and I didn't compromise one time. The amount of times I was walking it, walking or jogging in sleet at eleven thirty at night because I didn't, I just didn't, I refused to quit. The number of times that I was sore and I didn't want to do it, I did it. Same thing with learning a new skill set on the phone is I fought tooth and nail phone sales i'm like yo this is just gonna be a fad it's gonna come back like in home will always be the answer uh but i couldn't have been more wrong and the problem with that is that the people that are living in that world are not ever going to be able to scale their business because of the unavailability of leads they just don't exist in your backyard anymore the cost of them is too high and the scarcity of them is too high unless you live in these really small pockets of the country that have leads but that's only because nobody wants to run there anyway So I had to learn a skill to be able to not edify somebody who is doing it, but be able to give the coaching myself from experience. So I learned final expense. Nobody wanted to do final expense. I'm like, I'm going to learn the stuff that is, that is just not fun to run. And I'm going to find a way to really enjoy it. And what I realized is that selling is fun. Building is not fun. Building is harder. Building is more stressful. Building is not totally in your control. Selling is 100% in your control and is duplicatable. And you can coach people through doing the things that you just got really good at and got passionate about because sales is just a transfer of belief. But even more so, take that a step further. I think training is also a transfer of belief because I know that if I don't believe in a certain lead type or I don't know that lead type in and out, I can't in good faith with full confidence preach that to somebody, tell somebody to put their life in that leads research so or whatever it is. I'm talking to circles on this point, but like, but what I'm, what I'm saying is like, I had to believe in the lead source in order to get somebody else to believe in a lead source. I needed to believe in the approach towards that sale to get somebody else to believe in that approach towards that sale versus asking somebody else and then playing a game of telephone. And every time it comes from another person through another person, through another person, to me, to another person, it's been watered down and diluted so much that by the time that message get back to that person, I may as well have them watch a YouTube video at that point. So I just wasn't an effective leader from that standpoint. And that went on for two and a half years. So this year I fell back in love with the grind. I realized that I do love to be busy. And then every time a, a lead that I fell in love with dried up or changed rather than laying down and rolling over like I had done in the past and been like, well, it is what it is. because I'm an integrity partner and I don't have to sell anymore and I can just kick back and watch it grow or die like whatever i'm like i'm going to adapt as if i'm a day one agent and i took that day one agent mentality throughout this whole year i'm going to take it through this year too until i don't have to sell anymore and then i'm still going to want to because people challenge me and talk trash all the time and every time they do they lose and that fires me up because i like to get dirty i like to buy leads i like to make calls. i like overcoming objections i love it it's like what keeps me going it's fuel it's oxygen it's what keeps my business moving in the right direction and keeps my motivation high and my enthusiasm high. I love people telling me they might not be sure that they want to move forward with this and getting them to the other side of the fence. I love that stuff and I love teaching my agents how to fall in love with that stuff because it's the hard things. It's the little tiny hard impossible painful things that take someone from here to here to here to if I did wasn't in the car right now even higher than that. But like it's the little things you have to fall in love with instead of being afraid of. So every time a new lead source um, it, it, it like it, it changes, um, and it becomes less available or less scarce rather than dying of a thousand cuts. I immediately go find another lead resource. So everybody hated final expense. So I ran it. Then everybody hated instant internet leads with beneficiaries. So I ran it. Then I bought digital mortgage leads because that was a weird thing because they're not, it's not a direct mail lead. So these can't work. So then I ran it. And, and every time I decided to run something, I owned it fully. I let it take over me. I, I perfected it. I mastered it. And then I trained it and demonstrated it every single day and never got afraid to fail. In fact, the days that I would fail were so failing to me is blanking. Um, the days that I would blank would be so few and far between that I would welcome it. I would love when that would happen. Because that is not a failure of a day. I changed my vocabulary. That is an exercise in character building. That is not a failure of a day. It's a character building exercise. And people don't understand how to build character these days. They're too dang soft. (laughs) So the more exercises in character building that I can have, the better I can be as a person, the better I can be as a leader, And the better I can be as a coach and a mentor to these people and talk people through, talk prospective agents and existing agents through what an exercise in character building feels like, looks like, tastes like, feels like, whatever it is, what it costs. And then how the field owes you the next day. Just keep going. Next time is a powerful phrase. And how you do anything is how you do everything is a powerful phrase. So if you quit or you get soft one day, that's how you're going to approach the whole rest of the day. Mm. But if you go hard and you try to perfect it and you give it 100 percent, that's how you're going to give it to your workout, too. And next time, there's never an end. Mm. It's always next time because next time I will do it this way. Next time, I will see that coming. Next time, I won't say those nasty words to an agent and turn them off and have them quit. Next time, I will have empathy. Next time, next time. Next time, next time I won't skimp on leads. Next time I'll overbuy on leads because that sale might be in that other 10 that some other agent bought that wasn't afraid to buy leads bought and then took that sale for me, in turn killed my momentum, and then in turn created another day of, ex- of character building. So next time is huge. And how you do anything is how you do everything is huge. And never giving up and stick-to-itiveness is huge. And just not quitting because the beauty of this business is that it's very forgiving and the field will always owe you. So if you trust that and, and you know that and there is a next time and you do it hard and you keep going, you keep pushing, you're naturally going to get better. As long as you're implementing the coaching and you're building that back into your business plan and you're, you're doing all the small things like it's not like a 99 percent recipe. Like it's a 100 percent recipe. You can't do 99 percent of the things. Then the hardest little one percent not doing that will sabotage your entire deal. <laughs> so you need to do 100 percent of the stuff. You can't just do little pieces of it. And it's painful at first, but just like lifting, just like running, which I hated running. Now I'm like starting to get a little better at it. Like the burning in your chest, which used to make me think I was going to die. Now that means push and breathe. And now I know that once you get past that, then you get what's called the runner's high. Then you get endorphins. Then you're smiling. Then you go faster. That's how it is in business. You just have to get through those painful (laughs) moments and then you can go faster. Then you can laugh a little bit more. So those are the things that I identified this year that I put into practice every single day. Uh, I think I took like four days off this year, maybe like this is including Sunday, but like I worked a lot this year, but I remembered how much I loved that. If you remember when I was in the field, dude, I ran every single day. I I didn't take days off and I loved it. (laughs) Is that what you were looking for?
0: <laughs> You're a fool, dude. <laughs> that is heat. I didn't know I was getting that kind of heat. I mean, it's cold here in New Jersey. It's 30 degrees. I'm feeling warm right now. Um that's awesome. Uh at the end of the day, bro, I'm looking at so much you said, but the thing that the thing that I see as you talk and as you described the blame game, and as you described, the complacency game, and the "what was me pity party" game that you played. You know, you and I have this, fam- this famous phrase that I, I talked to you at, at dinner the first time we met, which is "I've been looking for you my whole life," and that this is the guy. This is the guy. This is the guy at my, this is the guy at scale, though. The guy I was talking to at dinner. That was the guy I knew that this guy would be. So it was very difficult to watch a stud, you know, wallowing shame and pity, wallowing yesteryear. And I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do anything. You know you know, way too much. Yeah. You're too accomplished. So I had to watch. And I couldn't do anything. This I have, I have zero credit for this turnaround. You challenged you. Cause you were tired of that book. And look at the result. Yeah. I'd follow you anywhere you want to go, buddy. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can lead anybody. And but what I want the, the listener to understand is that was always there. Now when we met, you needed to develop that because you had a lot of skills that had never been challenged. At the level that this was gonna challenge you. I knew that. I knew that. Right? And then you took on the initial challenge and you won. And it was like, all right, I'm in the Hall of Fame for life. And that's great. And <laughs> I'm not mad at anybody for that. But you're you're flying, you're flying at a different um capacity oxygen level today than you ever have been at. Would that be a fair statement?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, here what I was gonna say, I was gonna add to what you said is, is some of the things that motive, that motivate me is to have people working in my agency that challenge me daily, that that without meaning to, uh, inspire me to be better every day, because knowing that I didn't show up and give my best would be letting them down. Whether or not they'd want to tell me that or not, I would know that if I showed up and I was about leads or I came late or I took off if I felt tired a little bit and I didn't, I didn't push and I didn't practice all of the things that I'm preaching. They would not respect me because this is a lot. This version of me is a lot. And if I just said all this stuff and then I started to slip and I didn't do it, you know how invalidating that would be? That would be like the biggest sham ever. So every day that I do this every single day, it's another level of pressure. And, and I like that. I like the pressure and I like, I want the, ball. I've always wanted the ball. I've always wanted to be the person where if they needed, they just want someone coach needed me to do something. Like I will get open. I will find a way to get open and I'll run and I'll catch the damn ball and I'll score. And I don't ever want to, I don't want to fumble it because then, because just as the field is forgiving. Our people are not as quite as forgiving as the field. I'll tell you that. Where if you start fumbling, the field will, will forgive you for that and they'll pay you back. But if you fumble as a leader, like they only remember that. So the pressure of not being able to miss is pretty big. And, and I'm in a place now, I'm in a, uh, mentally I'm in a place, physically, spiritually, I'm in a place now that I feel like I will never miss because I won't, I won't let it. And I, and I like doing the things that I don't want to do. It makes, me, it makes me feel stronger. And those sometimes those things are just it's, it's as simple as just showing up. And the power of showing up is pretty big. Um, the last couple of days, like I haven't worked in the office and and like st- stands, you know who Stan is. But mm-hmm. I had him stand up at the award dinner and I'm like, bro, can you please handle like the training? We're doing seven thirty trainings like every day. We, people mm-hmm. are just ready to go and they're coming early. And that's new for me. And that's one of the things where I'm like, we can't fumble this because if we, if we show up late, like they'll never be on time again. The The thing that I've noticed is that whenever I didn't show up before things would fall apart. And I know this is just a small sample size of two and a half days. And I'm going into the office this afternoon after I, after this, um, but like things have, have moved at, at the same speed without me there. And that is a testimony to leadership is that if it doesn't work when you're not there, it like that's not good leadership that's that's being that's a supervisor mm-hmm. but if you can have things move when you're not there like i that is that is now my measure is is how many days and i'm not going to do this but how many days could i not show up to the office and have it keep moving and would it would be three would it be 40 would it be a whole year what if i got sick and i couldn't work whatever would, would everything crumble Cause I got PTSD from that. I I, do you remember, I told you I had that head injury and I had the number one office and I was bedridden and I came back and it was in shambles. Mm -hmm. You remember that? Like I, I am triggered by that where I'm like, I have this crazy thing going. Like I can't miss a day because what if I come back and it's gone Mm. now? I want, I want to be able to build something where God forbid that would ever happen again, that they would have their own back and not need me to be there to be able to work. They have the discipline and I'm hoping to foster and instill that discipline in them that we need to work hard. We need to do all the small things. We need to continue to do everything. Even if I'm not ramming it down your throat, mm. I think there's a time and place for that. Bang that into their head in the beginning, first 45 days, brutal, brutal, like a drill sergeant. Then when you're gone, they're doing that to their people. And that's when I know we're doing something right is when they're doing that now. What do you do when well, you're late? You think you want leads you're late? Mm. Nah. Like that guy, you want air support? You were late. You think <laughs> I'm just going to stop what I'm doing? If you don't have the respect to be here at the same time as me, like, come on, you're late. So I want, that's, that's the metric. Like with Joe Basso, like with the Basso's of the world and you know, they're great leaders. It's like, if they don't go into the office one day, it's a, it's business as usual. Mm. It's not like when the cat's away, the mice will play when the cat's yeah. away, the mice are like, they're not, they're cats too. Mm. They're not, they're not trying to play They're They're trying to build and function and make the coach proud. So that's I guess that's twenty twenty four goals is to be able to uh, especially with with March fourteenth with my son being born I'm not going to be able to be in I I don't want to be in the office for a couple of weeks after that, and I and and I want to get it so rock solid that, you know they're reaching out to me and telling me like stay stay home like take the time we got this dude mm. we got this coach, like that's what I want um, so I just again man I I want to reiterate how oddly humbling and unexpected that, that MVP was because I didn't do it for anybody except for, for me and my guys because they deserved it, they needed it, and I needed it. So when you said it was unanimous, I'm like, I, maybe maybe like because, because I was too busy to have any negative conversations with anybody on your staff this year. Maybe that's why it was unanimous. Maybe it's because it was positive all the time. You know, like, I, I don't know, but I just, I thank you for that. Um, unknowingly or maybe knowingly, uh, now I really have to turn it up because now that's the benchmark. Um, and I'm excited to see where it goes. So I'm humbled and I'm grateful and I'm appreciative um, and, I'm, and I'm excited for 2024.
0: Well, well-deserved, my friend. And, you know, it's a funny thing that happens when you light yourself on fire. You know, people come to watch you burn, and that's what happened. You don't have to have phone calls. You don't have to have—nothing had to be overly positive or, or overly negative. The truth is, is we watched you burn, brother. You were the show. We didn't have to—I had, had tickets. <laughs> I was in the crowd. I, did, I just didn't come up behind stage after the show and say, I'm here. So I appreciate you, and thank you for killing this call. Um, what a time of life you are in, my friend your first first uh born is coming you are the most valuable player and you are killing it for your team and and for your legacy so it's an honor to watch and it's an honor to be a part of and it's an it's an honor to be associated with you man
1: well thank you man i appreciate that and uh season tickets for you 50 yard line on the house this year
0: all right I'm like, wait, which stadium are we going to? Where are we going? What's happening? And I just realized that I delivered the tickets and you cashed in on them. My man, Richie Rich, like no one else can, man. Appreciate you, brother. God bless.